Welcome back to Those Happy Places, the podcast that treats theme park rides and attractions like literature. I'm Buddy Duquesne. And I'm Alice White. And today we'll be talking about Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey, the ride featured in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter at both Universal Orlando and Hollywood. And the big question today is, does the ride meaningfully add to or fit in with the Harry Potter canon? And does it matter if it does that at all? But Alice, I guess a smaller question and a question that'll get us started is this. Uh, why why the Wizarding World of Harry Potter? I mean, this is our first episode on Universal Studios. Uh, what What brings us to Harry Potter right away? Well, the... Harry Potter rides are the addition of the Wizarding World of Harry Potter to Universal Studios uh, happened not that long ago and is really truly the best thing that Universal Studios has ever done. The, the theming of the parks are so excellent and are so much more immersive and and exciting than anything else in any Universal Studios park. And dare I say in any theme park. Uh, I went live from the Wizarding World of Harry Potter on Twitter the other day, and from everything from the cobblestones on the street to the theming of the shops and everything around you is just so beautifully immersive. It's almost like you've walked right in into Hogsmeade. It's straight out of the film. And I guess jumping straight to Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey rather than a more classic Universal Studios ride, such as a uh, Jurassic Park or something uh is because this ride is is among the best uh not just in the park but in theme parks in general and uh I like it also with the <laughs> I just I just want to talk about it but also with the uh with this year we're coming they're coming out with the the newest Fantastic Beasts film um the uh Wizarding World of Harry Potter uh advertising campaigns are just everywhere and this ride is so relevant right now and I thought it was about time we got to it. Uh not to mention that Harry Potter is a really meaningful franchise uh for you especially. I mean I I'm a I'm a little bit of a fan, but you're the you're the real expert here. I'm the I'm the resident expert here. Uh I like to say that uh and this is true, I have never been beat at Harry Potter trivia. I would like to be proven wrong. And I love Harry Potter and I've loved it since the I, I, I read the first book um not right when it came out. I was still kind of young. Um, but when I was I was I was very young when the books were coming out. Um and the year that the first film came out, uh, we were eleven years old, the same age as the characters. We are at exactly the right age for Harry Potter to be extremely meaningful. And very impactful on our lives. And, uh, though this is not a, a, a Harry Potter fan cast yet, um, yet, <laughs> give me time. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> I want to, uh, I want to talk about this ride and, um, and what it means and, uh, where it sits in, in canon and, uh, and how the unique mechanics of this ride, uh, help tell a, a story. Oh, that's that's perfect. And that's what we're going to hope to do here today. So in preparation for this, you went to Universal Studios Hollywood and rode the ride, what, twice? Twice. I, <laughs> I've ridden it a lot. Um, uh, but it, my uh, my mother came with me and she gets really um, 
motion sick. So she couldn't do the ride more than once with me (laughs) the other day Um, because it's a really intense ride. Yeah. And Um, I, I guess I guess we should probably at this point start to talk about how it differs perhaps from other uh other dark rides or maybe even other thrill slash dark rides at the universal studios parks that that kind of have their own formula right right it's very unique so so universal has this thing that they do and i know that this is a very technical way of putting it uh but universal likes to put audiences in cars that are like sort of articulated they can they can kind of uh bump around and move and they put you in 3D glasses and they, they essentially move you uh, through a series of practical sets and then in front of a couple of screens uh, that kind of animate the characters in 3D. Uh, and then, you know, there's some kind of effect that goes with the screen and then you, you kind of move on to the next part, depending on the plot of the ride. Right. But uh, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey is different. Uh, for starters, you are not given 3D glasses, though that was not true, uh, until 2016. So there are no 3D glasses on this ride. And I, I think personally that's for the better because the motion of this ride is especially unique. Uh, guests get on a bookcase with seats in it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> essentially no yeah. I, I believe that that's the canon explanation is it not like oh we're going to enchant this this or is it quidditch stands i think it's quidditch stands is it? <laughs> uh anyways you get into a four four person car yeah it's a four person car that is uh you board it on an omnimover style boarding area uh the cars are constantly moving you're on a conveyor belt with them you sit down you belt in uh and that's when the ride begins in earnest uh you meet hermione who puts a spell on or uh enchants the the car in some way that makes it start to fly and when it does uh the car is kind of lifted up on this mechanical arm kind of like those arms that you see uh in uh car factories i guess is the best analog right uh, yeah it looks a lot like that so it's, it's kind of the, one of those big yellow arms in a car factory i think these are not yellow uh and you are moved from scene to scene as you follow harry ron and hermione through a series of iconic places and events in hogwarts's history uh many of which look exactly like they do from the film so yes. there's there's a part where you're chased by a dragon. There's a part where you're avoiding spiders in the Forbidden Forest. The Whomping Willow kind of takes a swing at you. Uh, you end up at a Quidditch game. Uh, and then there are Dementors, which Harry Potter chases away. And then you follow him back to... The uh, Chamber of Secrets. The Chamber of Secrets, right. And there's that uh, kind of brief moment. Uh, and then you end up back in the Great Hall. Uh, and that's kind of the, the, the basic structure. And the whole time this, the car that you're on is, uh, flipping up and, uh, rotating. Nearly all the way upside down. Yeah. To the, to the point where you're on your back ish on a, at a few points and it's, it's pausing and moving, uh, very realistically for something that might be floating, uh, in front of a couple of these set pieces. And the, the motion is almost constant. And you and I were looking into this, and we found kind of an explanation of how the ride actually works, 
because with that Omnimover system, you might assume that the ride has to move very simply or that it's, it's you're very narrowly missing other cars seeing the same thing. Uh, for example, like with the Haunted Mansion, the Omnimover, you can see all of the cars around you in certain scenes. Uh, but this is not the case with this ride. Um, no, it's on these these cool arms that move. And when you're in front of a screen, you don't stop in front of the screen. The screen rotates with you. And so the screen becomes part of the Omnimover system. Like it 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 joins you for a minute. And there's this really great animation um, that's up on YouTube of how this works. And we'll link it to all of our social media so you can check out check it out for yourself. Um, but the screen is almost it's shaped like a lens so that when you're in front of it it takes over your whole field of vision and you the screen and you move together until the screen deposits you in front of your next practical set piece and i gotta say the practical set pieces in this ride are also really really good uh Beautiful. the dragon looks great and he breathes fire on you i love the whomping willow i think it looks amazing the whomping willow's perfect uh and the the dementors especially are are a great scene that is really creepy uh and like the first time i saw it i, I remember feeling like that jolt of fear that uh rides want out of you but uh rarely do they really get even even in those really grand moments like at universal studios uh jurassic park ride right with with right. the giant t-rex like you're not going like oh no the t-rex is gonna get me because it's it's kind of like uh, I, I see the mechanism and it's kind of far away and, and we're I see that we're about to drop. So the, the atmosphere is kind of broken. But the Dementor is like right in your face and, and the lighting and sound is perfect. And it you, you linger in front of it as it like whispers. And that's really, really cool uh, before Harry, of course, rescues you. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really do think that this is an incredibly effective ride system uh not just because of the efficiency of the omni mover which i will never shut up about uh but <laughs> i think i think please it's, never shut up about it's it. it's so good that that many people can board the ride that quickly and and that people are always moving through it it's it's a it's a it's a guest eater and it puts you on this ride <laughs> for four minutes uh while people are just still being funneled on and off of it and it's awesome. So I think it's an incredibly effective uh storytelling system for the ride too, because it really immerses the audience. It moves them through these places uh and these events very, very quickly with a great sense of motion that's very believable for the universe. Uh and it's a really innovative way to move that many people through that. And still to give them a very personal feeling experience, which I think you can't get with some of the other more conventional ride setups. Yes, absolutely. It's, um, it's an incredible, it's an incredible ride. Um, and I want it stated up front. I want, I, before I move on to what I want to talk about about this ride, I want it stated right now that I love this ride and I love Harry Potter and I'm a huge fan and I've been on this ride a dozen times. And it is still awesome. And ever and in the ride when they're like, uh, when they're saying, uh, oh, here's the the spell to get rid of the spider. It's Arania Exame. I'm like, 
I say it out loud with her, with Hermione. I'm like, already Eczema, get away from me, spiders. Like I am involved <laughs> in this story. I'm no shame in my game. I yell at the, I yell at the ride, like while I'm on it, I'm yelling, that's Expecto Patrona. I'm like that's doing the whole great. thing. That, and that's, I think that that feeling, I that intensity, that, that feeling included is something that maybe you felt the first time you watched a movie, but not the 12th mm-hmm. time you watched it. Uh, and that's, that's the power of a ride is that you can feel that involvement. It's an experience that's happening to you too. Uh, and Mm -hmm. even at the end of the ride, Dumbledore congratulates you, right? It's something that you took part in. And then he says, and he says, welcome back. And, and, and we hope to see you again. And, and, and you're getting applauded at the end for having survived your Hogwarts encounter. And I mean, uh, like you, you survived the three most dangerous students at Hogwarts. For four minutes. That's that's for impressive. four whole minutes. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's quite the feat. And uh, and 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 part of this um, part of that comes from the uh, pre-show. And so it's really the pre-show of this ride is one of the best ever. I, I, this ride is just so good. I can gush about it all day. Uh, in the pre-show, you walk into the front doors of Hogwarts Castle, which is this beautiful, perfect example of forced perspective, where the castle looks enormous, even when you're right underneath it. And and you just, you, you walk into the front doors of the castle, and when you're walking through the castle, seeing all of these cool little Easter eggs, um, like the, the jewel system used to keep uh, track of the house points, and... Um, the sorting hat is there and the sorting hat is there and he's talking and having a blast and at one point you walk through Dumbledore's office and the pensive is set up and and all of this really cool stuff and Dumbledore says oh welcome to Hogwarts like we're happy to host you muggles here yeah you're gonna sit through a couple of classes we've got this really nice lecture prepared by Professor Binns a history of magic teacher um it's gonna be really great welcome to to hogwarts and then in the next room you're in the defense against the dark guards classroom and harry ron and hermione come out from under their invisibility cloak and they're like that all sounds super boring well hermione's like actually i find it quite fascinating Um, (laughs) that's such a hermione thing to say i know um but the the boys are like hey like you we know you don't want to do this like you want to hang out <laughs> with us because we're because we're great so we're gonna go we're like hermione because she's a genius figured out a way to uh to get you to float and fly ar- around with us and we're gonna show you the grounds and play some quidditch it's gonna be awesome um so you do and and so so you theoretically are supposed to get on the ride uh fly around behind harry and ron watch some quidditch and have a good time but then all of a sudden no there's a dragon you know like it's a classic ride setup and universal does this a lot too where you're like oh we're gonna go do this very normal basic thing what do you mean something's gone wrong something always goes um, wrong at universal something studios. always goes wrong at universal studios even in the tram ride like oh no it's jaws look out you know like, oh no uh king kong <laughs> oh no uh, oh no an earthquake <laughs> uh and and that that's a that's a subject for another day the the normal thing gone wrong but in right. but universal's in very good journey, at it in the forbidden in journey the forbidden... uh it, it really works out because yeah the the context given is here you are here you are on tour at hogwarts and of course things go wrong it's a magic high it's school Hog- 
It's Hogwarts. It's Harry Potter. You can't yeah. go two minutes without something crazy happening to Harry right. Potter. And you expect it in the audience. And it's very, it's effective. It's immersive. It's extremely cool. I love this ride. But, and this is, this is, this is a, a significant book. But for me, I love this ride, but it doesn't make any sense. The None. story doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't make sense in Harry Potter canon. It doesn't even make sense in its own version of canon. Like, like, let's start from the beginning. Um, why are they bringing muggles in to show them, uh, show them Hogwarts? Why do we get, like, what happened to the International Statute of Secrecy? Um, that I think but, it implies okay. like, a total collapse of wizarding society. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what we're viewing is an alternate collapsed uh, kind of like, <laughs> done-in version of the wizarding world, I think. Uh, because I there's, no, there's just... no way that it would happen otherwise. Or maybe we're going to have our memories wiped after. Ooh, maybe. Um, so why are, why are muggles allowed in? That's fine. Um, then... <laughs> Um, why is there a dragon running around Hogwarts? It's not the middle of the Triwizard Tournament. Um, we know that because they're doing uh, Quidditch, which they don't play in the in Goblet of Fire. So we know that it's not fourth year, but there's a Hungarian Horntail like burning a bridge and everything, like as if it could be controlled only by Hagrid too. Like Hagrid's got like a chain and is like, oh, "Where's the dragon?" Oops. <laughs> um, oops, lost a dragon. How do you lose an entire dragon, Hagrid? So the dragon starts attacking and it's running around, but all right, fine. The 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 dragon's loose at Hogwarts. Maybe they never recaptured him. That's fine. Maybe they never recaptured him after the Triwizard Tournament. Let's let's assume that. Okay. Um. So then we're in the Forbidden Forest, and then uh, there's Aragog, or not necessarily Aragog, but his children, um, running around. Um, we haven't seen them really since uh since the second book or uh, second movie. Um, but that, you know what? They're always in the forbidden forest. So that's fine. So They're we've got elements already now from elements now from, uh, from book four and book two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to pinpoint where we are in canon. So we're definitely past book four. Uh, but um, you have to, you have to speak to the appearance of the main three as well, though, uh, because they don't well, look, they don't look quite, they don't look your two. That's for sure. They don't. They look year six-ish. So, yeah, maybe. And, and that, that makes a little more sense because when you go to the Quidditch field, um, Ron is keeper, and which he doesn't join the Quidditch team until sixth year. Um, so that's, that, that helps. Uh, but then there's Dementors on campus, which they, Dementors haven't been let onto uh, Hogwarts grounds since third year. So, um, that's weird, but it's maybe weird it's a random Dementor like, attack. It's weird that they would be, like, attacked by Dementors, though, right? Like, they're not exactly roving packs of of specters that just, like, appear sometimes, right? They're not supposed to be, but maybe this is post-Rise uh, of Voldemort, and maybe Voldemort is, like, controlling the dementors now like that happened that does happen at some point sure um in later in, in canon um theoretically not till um the fall of the ministry uh mm. which is year seven uh after um 
Rufus Scrimmager is is killed, and uh, Voldemort uh, kind of like takes a more public spot in in the Ministry of Magic, um, which happens in seventh year. But Harry, Ron, and Hermione don't go to Hogwarts in their seventh year. And not to mention, Dumbledore footage. couldn't be there. Not to mention, Dumbledore couldn't be there. Spoiler alert! In case you missed it, Dumbledore dies at the end of the sixth book. So where? <laughs> Where it's gotta be pre-book this... six, that's for sure. It's gotta be pre-book seven, definitely. Pre-book seven. Um, pre-book seven for sure, mid-book six? Maybe. But then, like, Dra- Draco Malfoy is off playing Quidditch, um, but uh, I don't think Draco Malfoy plays Quidditch in uh, in book six, because he is so busy with his task from Voldemort, which is to kill Dumbledore, that I'm pretty sure he doesn't play. But there he is on the Quidditch pitch with Harry and Ron when the Dementors attack. Just so that he can, um, like, say something spiteful at Harry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like something you about your muggle friends. Potter. <laughs> Potter. <laughs> and, uh, Potter. Um, so, I, I, I just, I don't know. So, so, all right. So it does make sense in canon. But that's fine. Maybe not everybody who writes it, like my mother, have read the books. And so they just, uh, so they, like, made up their own version. But it's not even, like, internally consistent. The story is like you're supposed to be kind of following Harry through playing Quidditch, but then at some point you're like, "Oh, we're being attacked by the Whomping Willow, and Harry's nowhere to be seen." But so, Hermione is there. But Hermione is in the forest, which is weird because like, she somehow. was just in Hogwarts and she didn't follow you. No, because she doesn't fly. Hermione's afraid of flying, right? And you never see her. I mean, the, maybe she you apparated. Don't see her on the broom. Maybe you can't operate in Hogwarts grounds. Oh, so. So it 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 doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't really make a lot of sense. And here's another but. But <laughs> but does it does it matter? Does it matter that it doesn't make sense? Uh to to answer that question, I'd like to take you back and and we're we're going back to the past. Uh to the <laughs> first time that you rode the ride. Uh because I was yes. there, I got to I got to witness that moment. Uh yes. and I recall you not even caring. Uh, Not even a little bit. Because, Do you remember what happened as we were about to get off the ride? Uh, yeah, we got to ride it again. Yeah, for some reason or another. Because uh, it was January in Florida. And they were like, do you want to ride it again? Do you just want to like hang on? And we're like, yes, of course we do. Yes, yes. So, uh, a thousand times yes. Except after the second one, we all some... felt sick. <laughs> we all felt a little sick. It is a very intense ride. It's very, very motion heavy. So, no, of course I didn't care. And like I said, I love this ride. I I don't care. I care very, very much about Harry Potter. And I care very much about Harry Potter canon and Harry Potter trivia. I don't care that this ride doesn't make any sense. Because it really is more of an homage to the things that we love about Hogwarts and about the Wizarding World. And it's not important that it doesn't make sense. It's it's more like uh, a chance to visit your favorite characters as you would like them to be doing the things you'd like to do with them. Uh, yeah, of you, course you, I want to go fly on a broom with Harry and go on an adventure with with Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Of course I want to do that. Yeah, you want to get up Dumbledore to Dumbledore clap for me. Kids. Yeah, like it's not it's not necessarily about. Hey, uh, remember 
Remember in uh, movie five, uh, when this one really great scene happened, uh, let's relive that. Uh, it's more about right. reliving uh, a feeling. And I think this is something that we kind of got to last week when we were talking about uh, Peter Pan. Right. It's like, here yeah, we are and, and... with our guys, with our kids uh, doing that fun thing that they got to do. We're along for the ride. Right. And and actually, now that you say it like that, they are similar rides as far as like a, a like a unique structure. Um, it's kind of like homage to to the plot itself and, and, and this feeling of flight throughout. They're not they're not wholly different. Not really. And, and like for, between the kind of unique movement system and the way that it tries to draw you into the world, uh, they have different purposes, I think. Like the Forbidden Journey wants you to feel thrilled with the motion uh, where and I think a little scared, like you said, with the Dementors. Yeah, a, a little a little a little fear, a little creeped out. Um, maybe maybe a little like uh, you feel the danger of the moment. Uh, where Peter Pan wants you just to chill and like uh fly in a different way, uh fly casual. Oh, yes, and their audiences are different and, yeah. and, and everything. But but, but the yeah, the place similar. the place in storytelling, the way that it chooses to tell the story, uh is very dark ride. Uh it's this it's this pastiche of moments. Uh this kind of uh layer upon layer of these things you gotta see if you're doing a Harry Potter ride. Uh, and and yep. in that way, you I gotta think... See, you gotta see the Chamber of Secrets, and you gotta see a Dementor, and you gotta see Quidditch, and you gotta see our, our you know, your friends, and, and the castle. Yeah, and, and a you, dragon. You gotta, you gotta be there for all of it. You can't have a Harry Potter ride without a dragon. I, I don't think I can disagree, because mm. I love, I love it it's it's meaningful and and it's musical and it's and it's so it's uh i don't know nostalgic is not is definitely a a good word for it it brings back that wonderful nostalgia that you always felt reading the books or or watching the films um but it's it's fresh and thrilling and um and even even people that i know who have been on it who aren't who don't consider themselves harry potter fans at all like my mother my mom loves that ride she thinks it's so fun and scary and i think that's just as important when talking about theme park rides as and i and i know this is about to just like nullify our whole existence but it's uh the story almost doesn't matter i think part of why it's so interesting to talk about theme park ride stories is that sometimes it seems like they take a huge backseat to feelings and experiences and thrills that uh, can exist outside of traditional storytelling structures. But at the end of the day that they do tell a story, they, they, they try to anyways, there's that ambition and we like the ones that do. Uh, and even if they're weird or out of place or weak stories, there is a story there. And it's I think that's what's about. that's what's worth talking about. So does Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey have a good story? If we compare it to 
if we compare it to Harry Potter's books or movies, probably not. Probably not. There's no time for things like character development or the establishing of an antagonist. I mean, this ride has no antagonist. It doesn't need an antagonist. The antagonist well, is got... Hogwarts. It's Hogwarts. Because <laughs> the, the Wizarding World the Wizarding World is trying to kill you at all times. <laughs> right. Uh it doesn't have an antagonist. Uh if you don't know who Harry, Ron, and Hermione are from some outside thing, it doesn't even really have protagonists outside of, hey, we're some kids. We do wacky stuff. Come along for the ride. Uh and <laughs> You are you are invited to that, but like you don't get to know that like Ron's kind of a goofy, loyal friend, and Harry is very brave, but sometimes rushes into things. And you do kind of get to know Hermione as the smart one because she exudes that. Uh, <laughs> but the boys might as well be interchangeable in the, in the story of this ride if you isolate it. They're just a couple of boys. Harry knows the Expecto Patronum spell. Ron doesn't. Uh, Ron, Ron misses a goal. Ron, Ron would slither and take the lead. <laughs> uh, but, you know, those little moments mean a lot to us in context of the movies and the books. Because, like, of course Ron would miss, <laughs> would miss the, the, the quaffle while he notices that Dementors are flying in. Like, that's such like, a Ron moment. He's, he's like... A fine keeper, but he's not like the best keeper. <laughs> no, uh, and and something like that, like we go, oh Ron, but oh, imagine Ron. having no context and like, hey, that kid just got scored on. What's the deal? <laughs> like, oh crap, Dementors. I guess. Oh shoot. Never mind. We're Doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, They're coming but... out of some like whirlwind from the sky. It's so strange. Don't know what a Dementor is. Know that it's scary when it when it whispers at me. <laughs> uh. <laughs> But yeah, so so you know, is the story good? Is it does it fit into the canon? Nah, right? Nah. I think nah is where we landed on that. But uh but is it matter. still is it still worth our time? Is it still a good story to experience? Is it four minutes that we remember? Does it is it four Definitely. minutes that stands out? Then yes, absolutely. Definitely. And it's it's some of the most of... impactful four minutes in theme park rides ever. Well, Alice, our time talking about Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey has come to an end. Uh, but before we go today, we have a few shout outs and a few listener responses. So to start us off, um, Julie asks, why didn't we talk about Small World in the context of Fantasyland's Dark, dark Rides last episode? That's a very good question, Julie. Uh, the reason why we didn't talk about uh, It's a Small World in last week's episode about Fantasyland Dark Rides is because uh, It's a Small World does not have a plot. I mean, it, the plot uh, is uh, the the world nope. has come together in song. <laughs> uh, that's not a plot. That is a thing. That's a, it's, uh, a, a and it's a context. <laughs> it is a, a let's just watch these really cool animatronics or very creepy animatronics, depending on who you are. Uh, dance and sing the same song for many, 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 many minutes. I think it's about nine uh, minutes long from boarding to debarkation. Uh, the longest, the longest ride, and the, yeah, there's just no plot. There's no story. So, and we are primarily a, nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's no plot. There's no story. This is just um, 
like it, it just kind of doesn't fit in with our with our theme although uh we appreciated it when we were younger it's not our favorite right now and it just doesn't I don't know. It just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't suit uh, our podcast. Yeah, so, and, and uh, we, but thank you for for pointing it out. I did mean to mention that when we recorded last week's episode. Yeah, we um, we did have a conversation about it ahead of time, and we thought to ourselves, you know, it's just too different. It's not like the other dark rides. It's less traditional. It has a different point uh, than the rest of them. It doesn't tie into any existing story or property, so it didn't really fit the rest of the the theme. And yeah, we didn't mention it, but we're mentioning it now. So thank you, Julie, for keeping us on. Thank you so much, Julie, for uh, listening to the podcast uh, and keeping us, yeah, keeping us on track. Uh, So, (laughs) so do you want to read the next one? Yeah, um, we uh, we got a comment from Amy. Amy says, uh, "Amy said, uh, found your discussion of Peter Pan's flight really interesting. I went to Disneyland Paris with my boyfriend last year, and we were both really underwhelmed with that ride." Maybe it was having a bad day, but it was really jerky and totally brought you out of the magic. I could not understand why the queues were constantly so long. We got fast passes, so we pretty much just walked on and why everyone raves about it. I should mention, too, that Amy uh, lives in the UK. So well, thank you all the way from uh, the UK, Amy. Thank you all the way from the UK, listener Amy. Um, and uh, yeah, none of us have ever been to, to Disneyland Paris. Neither. Uh, I don't. <laughs> neither of it i mean i mean <laughs> i mean i kind of meant like no one i know i don't really uh I've, I've never been out there but something that uh you and i were talking about and when we got this response we went and watched a ride-on video of the peter pan ride uh in disneyland paris and it's pretty much identical as far as we could tell yep it's the same ride at least visually but of course we're just watching it it's hard to tell like if it is in fact you know jerky or or um not as um not as smooth maybe it hasn't been uh like updated as recently but um yeah we we you know we just watched it and went oh well it kind of just looks like the same ride yeah uh, uh beat for beat uh, it's the same scenes and the the motion seems about the same so maybe there's there was something about the mechanics of the ride uh, like you said, Amy, maybe it was a bad day or maybe maybe we're kind of nostalgia gogglesing the uh, the feeling that we get when we ride the Peter Pan ride in That's Anaheim. Uh, you know, it could be that it's not as immersive as we remember it. And that's a weird thing with theme park rides, uh, since you can't simply turn on like a movie. Right. You can turn on a movie and rewatch it and be like, oh, wow, that scene. I didn't remember it that way. Uh, you can't exactly just like hop on a theme park ride whenever you want and re-experience it exactly the way it was when you grew up, especially since they change all the time. Um, so there's there's really no way for us to uh, completely be sure about our memory or our um, evaluation of the ride. That's true. It's been a long time. The line is always so long that I always just go, well, I'll skip it. This yeah, time. next time. <laughs> it's not worth 45 or an hour. Um, you know, it's definitely worth like 25, I think. Uh, yeah, I'd wait, I'd wait 25 minutes for the Peter Pan ride, it's about uh, how long but hopefully been. not to, hopefully not to then find out that I had been nostalgia goggled this whole time. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Anyways, thank you again, Amy. Amy. So I posed a couple of questions to our Facebook followers on the Facebook page, Those Happy Places. Uh, I asked if they could turn any IP, any 
movie or TV show into a ride, what would they choose and why? Um, and I also asked them uh, what their favorite fantasy Fantasyland ride is. I just wanted wanted to to ask since we know what ours were. I wanted to see what our listeners thought. Courtney says, uh, or she rather asks, if she could have multiple IPs, uh, and she wants an '90s and early 2000s Disney Channel ride or a land in the parks. Uh, two that she really wants included are Lizzie McGuire and Kim Possible. Uh, Courtney, I mostly feel like Kim Possible would be more possible. <laughs> As, as Lizzie <laughs> McGuire, uh, uh, she grew up, right? <laughs> um, but uh, she says right. she says that her favorite Fantasyland ride is the Matterhorn, uh, which is another ride that we didn't really mention in our Fantasyland episode uh, because, except, except in that we weren't going to yeah, talk about just it. That, just that we weren't really going to talk about it because we kind of consider it separate and kind of its own thing. Not really a Fantasyland dark ride. Again, as you said, uh, Alice. You said that it was a roller coaster, indoor outdoor coaster with dark ride elements. I think was your exact uh, yes. definition. I I do believe so. <laughs> uh, and so so Matterhorn, yes, of course it qualifies. It's in Fantasyland. Don't let anybody tell you any different. But uh, it wasn't it wasn't on our list to talk about it last week. So thank you, Courtney. Thank you, Courtney. Um, Molly's answer. Uh, she Molly had several answers to this. Um, Molly wants a villains ride. She wants a ride based on Disney villains. Uh, she also wants to bring back uh, the Back to the Future ride, which I'm definitely all for. Absolutely. Um, she wants an Aladdin ride that's kind of like Peter Pan, where you can fly like on the magic carpet and fly over everything. Um, she wants a How to Train Your Dragon ride, where you get to ride a dragon. And she wants a she wants a Stranger Things ride or like a thrill ride where you can flip upside down when you go into the upside down, which uh, I thought was a pretty cool. That might be a, a cool like literal um, interpretation of that idea. Um, uh, and and Molly says uh, her mom has a couple of suggestions too. Her mom Becky. Um, uh, uh, she wants a, a ride based on The Matrix or Baby Driver. Or The Matrix <laughs> think, uh, and Baby Driver at the same time. Which I I would ride that ride. Absolutely. I would definitely ride a um, Matrix ride and I'd ride a Baby we've Driver We've been ride. talking about Matrix rides. We've been ride, talking about Matrix rides since we were like, since we were like 13 years old and watched The Matrix ride for the first time. Like, or The Matrix movie. Sorry, <laughs> Matrix movie. The first time. The Matrix movie, um, which we are huge fans of. Yeah. So I love that suggestion. And uh, Molly says her her favorite fantasy land ride is the teacups. Uh, and and I wanted to say about the teacups that, um, you know, it's 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 its own thing. It's really special. And it's going to be on a future episode about uh, the way that we can interact with our rides. Uh, and that's that's a shining example of one way that we can. So thank you, Molly. It's, yeah, we'll, we will talk about that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Madison says the Lion King and that it has always bummed her out that there's nothing in all of Disneyland uh, referencing the Lion King outside of a, a couple of parade floats, I think. Uh, and, yeah. and I 100 uh, percent agree. I think the Lion King deserves a dark ride or uh, maybe some kind of a thrill ride like off of Pride Rock or something like that. Um, I think it would be really oh, cool. Oh man! Or can you imagine Pride Rock set up like um 
like Cars Land. Oh my God. Where... The pictures alone would be worth it. Are you kidding me? It would be so beautiful. It would be really great. Uh, yeah, The Lion King deserves better. Even if it was just like a, uh, like a shortened, uh, condensed version of the Broadway musical. Oh, that would be cool. Um, the Lion King. I know the Lion King just deserves to be recognized in the park. It needs it needs so, a little uh, bit a little bit yeah. more from Disney and his and their Imagineers for sure. Yeah, we're definitely with you on that, Madison, for sure. Thank you, Madison. Maddie. <laughs> uh, and would you like to read the next one? Yeah, um, my buddy Dano, uh, and this might be a joke, but we're gonna roll with it anyways. Uh, Dano suggested that the it the uh, classic um british sitcom the it crowd deserves a uh deserves a ride which i was i was laughing because i couldn't think of anything uh that that could actually be a ride about it it's mostly just like a funny like british comedy yeah, like how would you how would you um, rideify that uh but alice have no alice idea. you and i had a conversation at the beginning of this episode before we started recording. We did brainstorm this. And I think, we, I think we've nailed it, Dano. So uh, get this. It's the elevator at their office building. And the IT crew is stuck in the elevator. And they're going from wacky scene to wacky scene. And the elevator is doing uh, Tower of Terror style like drops in between. Uh, so you get to laugh, and it opens up on a floor, and you see the funny characters doing. And they'll, they'll, they'll do know, a like, British like Douglas Renham doing. They'll something. do a British thing, and then you'll you'll fall down a few floors, uh, and then at the end they'll say, "Oh wait, we forgot to try turning turning it off and back on again," and that's what'll fix it. <laughs> that's the and end that's of the end of the ride. ride. That's how it ends. <laughs> It's just a reskin Tower, of, Tower terror, of Terror, but like we're into it's it. It's Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, <laughs> but it's the IT crowd. Uh, Dear Disney, exactly. that one's free. <laughs> you want more? You can have that one, you Disney. You want more brilliant just ideas. Uh, you know, we, we are available. One more, one more kind of a Twitter shout out. Uh, this is from somebody that we met on Twitter. Uh, their Twitter handle is WDW underscore 413. Uh, and they're an, an, an aspiring uh, Imagineer, according to their bio. Uh, and WDW says, uh, why not an Avengers ride? Uh, they are really stoked on Disney building out a Marvel land in uh, Disney Hollywood Studios and having that space where they can build a, a partially simulator, partially thrill ride, um, Avengers ride. We can go through New York City and help the Avengers save the day uh, and kind of meet up with each of those characters. And 100% W. That would be incredible. Uh, we, we agree. That is such a cool idea. Uh, and if they only opened it in Florida, I would be over there as quickly as possible. Oh yeah. And I think there, there, there is a chance that that might come true. Uh, yeah. um, we don't, we don't know that those, the details yet about, or, or even how they might expand Marvel land. Um, but uh, you know they're 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 talking about a Black Panther ride. They're you know like uh, they tend to do these individual characters as rides. But you're right that a full team Avengers uh, like ride would be the. I, I think it would be that so would be cool if they laid out a Marvel land that had like a Captain America propaganda show, and then like Tony Stark's uh, <laughs> tech exhibition, and then like uh, meditation with the Hulk. And then, like, uh, <laughs> Wakandan science with Shuri. 
And then uh, you could you could you could experience all of those, and those would be fun, you know, D to E ticket rides, depending. Uh, and then there would be this like F ticket ride that would be the Avengers ride, Ooh. and it would be seventeen minutes long, and have all of the <laughs> characters from around Marvel Land show up and do their own little thing while you fought some bigger villain. I think that would be the coolest thing ever, and. Please, Disney, that one is not free. Hire me. <laughs> Hi, please hire please hire us and our aspiring Imagineer yes, please hire w to design this uh, one. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, we also have a couple more Twitter shout-outs. So, Alice, do you want to uh, talk about one of our longtime listeners? Twitter shout-out to Natasha again. Thank you. Natasha's the best. About us. She's constantly tweeting to us and about us and engaging in conversation uh natasha is the best she's at nat chowd n-a-t-c-h-o-w-d nat chowd uh if you want to follow her she's awesome and another twitter shout out to orange grove 55 uh alice i think you and orange grove were having a conversation on twitter earlier today yeah we were engaged in a little conversation about um how uh theme park uh fans and 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 fans of theme park rides uh have a tendency to get a little cynical and uh a little angry sometimes and we were in agreement that maybe it's time for um uh, for a little more optimism and a little little more positivity in this uh in this fandom and i i couldn't i couldn't agree more and it was a really uh, nice conversation to have uh today and uh orange grove 55 constantly um you know liking and, and interacting with our stuff on twitter also so it's uh it's it's nice to uh nice to have you on our feed thank you so much orange grove 55 and everybody else on twitter that uh likes or says hello uh we we really enjoy the discourse on twitter uh and we're, we're trying to be kind of that uh bright spot of optimism about theme park rides and talk about how meaningful they can be yeah uh and yeah we're we have on. we have one final shout out today and uh, Alice, I'd like to give you the the distinct honor of introducing our first audio uh, response. Yes, our very first uh, call in. Uh, this recording comes from a uh, longtime listener, uh, uh, Lizzie, my very, very, very good friend, Lizzie, who I have now mentioned in every episode of this podcast. Uh, Lizzie sent us an um instead of just telling us about her idea for a new ride um she sent us an audio recording from uh new york's jfk airport right before boarding her plane to take her birthright trip to israel which she is as we record on her way um uh to israel for a two-week trip um and i uh before we play her clip i want to uh send my my love and good wishes for a very happy and safe trip and i just gotta say this recording is it's while it's it's a little loud because it's in an airport it is an amazing idea and just like so much fun and we're really glad that we have uh have a recording i'll go ahead and roll the clip hey alice and buddy long-time listener big time fan uh, this is liz calling in from currently the airport so i uh, hope this isn't so bad but before I left Alice, she had mentioned wanting to get something about 
the ride idea that I had for Disneyland. I think a really cool new ride for Disneyland that would, you know, tap into a, a different story would be a roller coaster type ride that involved Sleeping Beauty. So like the lead up to the ride would be like the line part would be like a storytelling portion where you kind of get the background leading up to the dragon fight and then like the actual ride was the dragon fight between uh, Prince Philip and Maleficent. I think that that'd be kind of cool, give us something kind of another roller coaster type ride in Fantasyland, um, but also give Sleeping Beauty a little bit more than just the castle. Um, Sleeping Beauty is really cool. And it's a great story, so I thought that that'd be something cool to have. Hope that this recording isn't super, super horrible, but love you guys a lot. Bye! Oh my gosh, Lizzie, awesome. that is so cool. Thank you for sending that to us. It's so, it's such a good idea. And uh, yeah, it, it would be it would be a great roller coaster. And we, um, we were kind of there. There are, are just aren't uh, earlier. And like imagine like these big thorny roller coaster tracks like wrapped around Sleeping Beauty's castle. Uh, it, it, there, there definitely oh, isn't room so for cool. it uh, the way Fantasyland is set up right now. And definitely not in a way that would connect it to the castle. But still such a cool idea it's so fun to think about and uh and unique and and there just aren't enough like like roller coasters like e-ticket roller coasters in disneyland park and i uh i i wish there was more and i wish that they would make that one um once again uh disney that one is no, not that free. one is copyright 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 lizzie oh, and okay. and i just want to take another second to say thank you to all of you who are listening uh thank you all for passing along word of our podcast and responding to us and giving us that feedback on Twitter or elsewhere. Uh, we really appreciate hearing from you guys. It is the coolest part about having a podcast. So any way that you want to reach out to us, uh, please feel free. We are looking forward to hearing from you. Absolutely. We're really proud of what we've made, and we really, really love doing this. And to make it, making it even better is hearing from people that are listening to it and liking it as well. So thank, thank you. you all. Thank you for listening to Those Happy Places. I'm Buddy Duquesne. And I'm Alice White. The research for this episode was done by Buddy Duquesne and edited by Alice White. This episode was edited by Buddy Duquesne and produced by Alice White. Our theme music is Golden Gate by the California Feet Warmers, featuring Phil Alvin. Find the Feet Warmers on YouTube or on their website, CaliforniaFeetWarmers.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, leave a review, and tell your friends. Send people to our website at www.thosehappyplaces.com and join us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thosehappyplaces, where we're always talking about theme parks and ideas for future episodes. We're also on Twitter. That's right. I'm at buddy underscore Duquesne. Duquesne is spelled D-U-Q-U-E-S-N-E. And I'm at Alice White, T-H-P for those happy places. Thanks for listening, and we hope you return to those happy places. <laughs>